The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Clear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Here for the Right Reasons, Us Weekly's Bachelor podcast. It has been quite the week of Bachelor news and speculation and drama. And of course, we are here to break it all down for you. This week, I also had the pleasure of talking to Melissa Rycroft, who of course won Jason Mesnick's season of The Bachelor, only to be broken up with by Jason so we get back together with Molly. We had a great time reminiscing on the bad fashion, the messy split, and so much more. So we're gonna get to Melissa, whose episode of GOAT aired this week, but first we need to catch everyone up on the mess that is Claire's season of The Bachelorette. So Us Weekly social media editor Kelly Lasky is here with me to do just that. Hello, Kelly. Hi, Sarah. How's it going? How are you? Everything's good. I'm super excited to talk about this because I feel like it's all that anyone can talk about right now. It has truly been a whirlwind week for The Bachelor and not necessarily in the way the show planned, as far as I know, but I think it's almost doing more good than bad, because like you said, we can't stop talking about it and trying to put together the clues. So in case you don't know what I'm talking about somehow, obviously there was speculation last week that Claire quit her season of The Bachelorette because she was in love with one of her contestants and she couldn't film anymore because she didn't want to lie and pretend to have feelings for someone else, which is kind of the point of the show, but we'll get to that. So they brought in Taisha from Colton season to sort of finish the season. After we recorded last week, everyone and their mother started showing up at this resort in Palm Springs, prompting some speculation that maybe there was a Bachelor in Paradise situation going on. Some of those people included Wells, who was the bartender, obviously, on Paradise. Becca Kufrin, whose romance with Garrett we'll get to later. Hannah Ann. Sydney from Colton season. And even Ashley I, who we obviously know was married to Jared, but is kind of like the queen of paradise. So there was a lot of confusion happening. Kelly, take me back when you first found out about this Claire Tasha mix up and all the speculation. Where did your mind go? You know, I wasn't completely shocked by it. Well, I was when I initially, we were in that group chat together and I got those texts. But like, if this were to happen to anyone, I feel like it would be Claire. 
just based on her season, we saw that, you know, she's not afraid to speak her mind with Juan Pablo at that last moment they had together during her, well, not her proposal, but that moment when he went to pick someone else. We saw that. I'm not completely shocked. But the Tasha of it all was kind of where I was completely like, whoa, this is actually happening. Because I think it just completely threw all of us. Like it was it was a total curveball. And I think Tasha is like a good person for this. And I think that, you know, I'm just, I don't know how to explain actually how I feel about it. It's just my mind's all over the place. And I think that everyone's just super confused about what's going on. What about you? Yeah, I mean, I totally agree with you. And Melissa Rycroft said this too, that if any, this was going to happen with anyone, it would be Claire, right? We saw Claire fight with Juan Pablo, be very feisty, walk away. We saw her show up on Paradise twice, really trying to make it work. We saw her get engaged to Benoit in Winter Games. Like if anyone's going to get engaged or fall in love with someone in less than two weeks, I believe it would be Claire Crowley. However, I do find it a little frustrating as a longtime Bachelor fan and viewer and commentator that Claire kind of got to just walk away. Now there's something to be said for her friend, Michelle Money, who's been on this podcast, who I love, went on Instagram and said, if this is all true, we should be applauding Claire because she's not leading any men on. She knows what she wants. And that is true, but I don't understand how you can just make up rules. I know there are no rules, but there kind of are rules on The Bachelor. And I don't understand how she gets to kind of go and do her own path. Like, what does this mean for how the show moves forward? Like, how do we, how are we going to expect Matt James to continue the show if he finds love with someone? Or how are we ever going to finish a season if this is now an option? Yeah, and that's a great point, too, with how much effort, as we can see, goes into putting on a season, you know, with how we've heard about how they're calling in backup contestants. And these people are just like, you know, all of a sudden, just given 24 hours, just fly out there and be there. Caitlin and Sean didn't get to do this. So, you know, I think there's a lot of people I know Jojo and Jordan definitely had that connection, like right off the bat, too. And I think that if anyone could have just left in that moment, you would do that. But like, there's contracts involved. And then it's kind of like your obligation to be there for the sake of TV. So I think it kind of sparks like a big debate where it's like, you know, you signed up for this like make it to the end and, you know, lead, maybe lead some other people on, which is horrible, but that's the show. But like you said, going forward, what if Matt James the first night is like, okay, this is my soulmate. I need to leave. Like, it's just going to be a disaster going forward with all of these seasons. I definitely think there needs to be some sort of, it's, you know, it is kind of raised the question of why did Claire get to do this and other people didn't. So I'm hoping that, you know, when the season airs or as tea gets spilled, we get some answers to that kind of stuff because, it really isn't fair. And I think when you talked to Ali Fedotowski a couple weeks ago, her life could have been totally different if she got to just do that and leave. So, I mean, it, it does raise some really big questions. Yeah. And I do think, like I said, that's great for Claire. And if this does work out, maybe it will end up being like the greatest bachelor love story of all time. Cause we'll watch their connection. We will all fall for them as a couple and we won't care that she kind of broke the rules and made all this drama for nothing. If they end up together, it'll be great. And maybe we'll genuinely believe it. But if they break up and all of this happened for them to date for a few months, like, oh, that is like not great. Right. I was just thinking that too. It's kind of one of those things where it doesn't seem like a positive outlook to me. I don't know. I just feel like it kind of sounds like a rash decision, you know, two weeks of filming, you know, we're in love, we want to get out of here, whatever. It just, 
I don't know. I'm not convinced. And it's also Claire, like you said, with her track record, I want to be pumped for her, but we also have spent a lot of time talking about her in 2020. So for this all to not work out, it's kind of like, all right, it kind of seems like a waste of time. That's so true. That totally goes with the theme of this year. Like, of course, The Bachelorette was suspended for five months and then like the production. And then, of course, after two weeks of filming, she didn't want to do it anymore. And it, it just it checks out right with this mess of a year. Like what what has gone right? And I mean, maybe Claire has found love and it's OK. But like I said, I don't understand how this is going to affect the show moving forward, because I feel like it's not necessarily fair to all the contestants involved too. Like, what are they thinking? Even though, you know, who knows if they're there for the right reasons, if they liked Claire, maybe they saw the connection between the two of them too. And they didn't want to, you know, they knew they were going to end up with her, but still that's kind of not fair for them to be signed up for one thing. And then now have Tasha as their lead, which again, I'm sure Tasha is great, but it's almost like a mind game. Like you spent all of this time trying to convince yourself you're in love with Claire, whether you were or not. And now you're just supposed to do the same for Tasha. And is it fair for Tasha? And is everyone just trying to be on TV? So who cares? These are all important questions that I don't know the answer to. And like, what's another thing too, is if you have, if you think of this in terms of real life, two weeks goes by in the blink of an eye. But also if I had known someone for two weeks and it just doesn't seem like a long time to me, but also in terms of bachelor, you're seeing someone for what, a couple hours every once in a while so how well did she even really get to know this person? It's just a crazy thing in my mind, just thinking of it in a time span of real life, two weeks going by, like, seems like a blink of an eye. So for Bachelor Nation, what was it like talking to someone for an hour and being like, oh, yep, you're the one, let's get out of here. So it's definitely... That's true too. It's not like paradise where they're in, you know, on a beach for two weeks straight and only talking to each other. She's talking to other people. You know, then that brings up the speculation of, was she communicating with this person before filming started? Because we know that Claire's first list of suitors came out in March and there was some changes, but there was also a lot of names that carried over for when they left to start filming in July. And a source did tell us weekly that they were FaceTiming. There was conversations. Uh, I brought up Michelle Money earlier. She has maintained that she believes her Claire is one of her close friends, that they did not talk beforehand, but Claire did note to her that she was impressed with his social media. So either she was had a whole full-fledged relationship with this person prior to filming or she like dreamed up this whole relationship with this person in her head based on their social media and they might have done the same to her either way it's not normal as usually when they go into the bachelor you don't even know the names of anyone or what they could possibly look like so there is that aspect but there's still something to me i just i I'm excited to watch and I'm happy for Tasha that it brings more diversity to the franchise. And I think it will be very dramatic to see it all play out. You know, did Claire really lock herself in her, in her room? How did the men react? Were, can we break the fourth wall and see the producers maybe like scrambling on this resort? Like, who do we call? Did they call someone else first? Did, did, was Tasha on retainer because they knew Claire might be, you know, kind of a wild card? Like, I would love to know everything that went down. And going back to all the people who have showed up since, I think it's safe to conclude now that they're just there to keep things interesting and host dates and give advice and maybe keep Bachelor Nation on their toes since all this did kind of leak out. Because at first, I, first I really thought it was going to be like a Hannah Ann Tasha wrote Bachelor panel. Once we saw she was there, I quickly had those photos of her. She showed up with a huge suitcase. 
Um, she was obviously a big name this year, got engaged to Peter. They broke up. Um, she's, you know, made the rounds on social media and throwing shade. And I feel like Bachelor Nation was really rooting for her. So I kind of thought that that was going to happen. But then once we saw Becca and Sydney and Ashley I and these people who are in relationships showing up, it didn't really make sense that it could possibly be anything else besides Tasha. Tasha is the only person we haven't actually seen a photo of on this resort, but we know is there. She's also the only one who besides one very cryptic ad that kind of poked fun at everything, which I'm sure someone on her team posted has not been on social media. Whereas Hannah Ann is back to commenting on everything all the time. Sydney has a boyfriend. Like it didn't, it doesn't make sense, but it was a very interesting. Where's Waldo guessing game for a while. No, definitely. And I'm really excited to see it play out. I think it's going to be super dramatic and I obviously think it'll be interesting to see how the guys react and whatever, but going back to what you said about how, you know, Michelle money kind of hinted that Claire was impressed with his social media. If Claire, like my whole gripe about this whole thing is like, this is such a massive production and to go through with all of this only to just cut it short. Like I'm just thinking of these people working there and these guys that uplifted their life and went and just did this, maybe quit their jobs or whatever. And then to be there for two weeks, like it must be mayhem there. And I also like what you said about how, you know, will we get like a a sneak peek or, you know, behind the scenes, look at how production is handling this because I feel like the only time we've really, well, one of the only times we've only seen production was when Colton was like ran off and was jumping the fence. You did see some people scrambling around and try to talk to him because it was, you know, such a dramatic event and they like didn't want him to be like lost in like this other country or whatever. But yeah, I'm super excited about it. There are so many moving parts to this. I also think it's kind of weird that Becca Kufrin's there. I don't know why it's just it kind of weirded me out a little bit because we did know that she is, was going through a breakup. Obviously they've, her and Garrett have since broken up, but to call this her to be in on this bachelor panel, I feel like for the most part, a lot of times there are successful relationships or, you know, people who are masters at it. I feel like we can kind of call Hannah Ann like a master. Obviously she got broken up, but she is, you know, the whole package for bachelor nation. The Becca one was a little confusing for me just because I feel like she's going through this major life event right now and is it going to this resort in palm springs really the best decision at the moment i don't know that's just my kind of my hot take on it yeah i mean at first when i saw that and i was like wow like that would be wild if becca like didn't confirm her split from garrett but then just decided to like throw her hat in the ring for like a paradise type thing that would have been so good but then i saw reality steve pointed out that hannah ann and becca are two examples of seasons kind of going wrong and ending on a somewhat decent note. Obviously, Ari dumped Becca and went back to Lauren and Hannah Ann. Peter broke up with her to, we thought to get back with Madison. Now he's with Kelly, that whole, we all, we already know that whole thing. So maybe they were brought in to sort of talk to the guys and be like, listen, this is, you know, hype them up and say, this is not what you signed up for, but there's still like greatness that could await in Bachelor Nation. Like I can just like, give them these like fake hype, hype speeches like Coach Taylor on Friday Night Lights, but for like dating Tasha, you know? Totally. You're, yeah, you make such a great point. That's so true. I mean, that's definitely could be one of the reasons that they're there. But also my other question is, are there regular people vacationing at this resort right now or is it totally shut down for this production? It's totally shut down for this production. If you try to book on the resort like online it's like blocked out through the rest of august so okay. i was gonna say you should book a ticket and go and just check things out oh my god a lot of a lot of problems for us right now <laughs> i would have been there don't you worry 
before we wrap that part up, I do want to say now that, you know, as we talk about it, I kind of wish they were doing more of a paradise type thing. And they just put out a call to all of the single people in Bachelor Nation, including Tasha, and said, like, we have 15, however many guys are left, 15 suitors that Claire no longer wants to date. If you are at all interested in meeting one of these guys and spending the next three weeks in Palm Springs at this resort and can pass a COVID test, obviously, because that's a whole other issue, that's what they should have done. Just like throwing them on on the beach altogether versus now Tasha like taking over and having to, I just have a hard time believing it's going to be a seamless transition. Like we're going to watch all these guys and have them drop any feelings they were developing or even developing in their head for Claire and now be like, you know what? I'm all in on Tasha. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe we'll get two engagements out of this and it'll all work out and we'll all live happily ever after. Something tells me that won't happen. And I almost wish we were just kind of throwing everybody in to the beach. It would have been a best of both worlds and aired Claire's season as sort of like a mini series put it in the Emmy category for short series. And then we do a second mini series of paradise in Palm Springs or something versus just giving Tasha and then give Tasha her own season down the line. If they really think she's going to be a good bachelorette and pick guys that want to be there for Tasha, it almost then eliminates her from that running. And I, if I were her, I'd be like, no, I'd rather keep my name in the running for next time. You know? Yeah. My, I mean, I, I'm a huge bachelor in paradise person. I just feel like it's so much more entertaining. So I would obviously pick that over going through another season with actual bachelorette. And then, yeah, I think that's just more of my thing. And that was kind of where my excitement was stemming from was seeing all these people arriving. The panel thing, I always hate the panel things because it's always like, all right, get on with it. We get it. You're in love. You've been, you've done this before this journey that's why the like, the panel thing is a little disappointing to me. So I'm kind of hoping that there's some twists and turns in here. But I think the Bachelor producers and Bachelor team, they're always going to have viewers. I think that's got to be something that's pretty comforting for them. But these twists and turns, you can't help but wonder, are they happy about it? Or are they like, come on, Claire, now you just made our jobs harder. I mean, she definitely made their jobs harder. I think the promo and the lead up is going to be really fun and exciting. But I kind of feel like once we start watching, it's going to be like, oh, this is just now it is what it is. And Tisha's about to write. It's going to be like anticlimactic because of everything we know. If this somehow didn't get out, that would have been wild. The first, you know, footage. But we'll see. I, I, I am happy for Claire, if so, because, you know, I, I don't wish anything bad against her. I agree that it's like, of course, this was Claire. And, you know, they kind of took a risk by making her the bachelorette and this happened and it's like, did the risk pay off? I mean, we're getting the drama a little early instead of later. I don't know, but I need to talk about Becca and Garrett because you know that I have been on the case since June to refresh everyone. Becca and Garrett got engaged on season 14 of the bachelorette. They've been together ever since seemingly doing well in June. Becca recorded a podcast with her co-host, Rachel Lindsay on bachelor happy hour Um, And they got into a emotional conversation about Black Lives Matter and how Garrett publicly supported the police and got into this whole conversation about it. And the following week, you know, there's a lot of opinions, people coming from both sides. Um, Becca did another podcast with Rachel and said, you know, I don't know if my future's still with Garrett. We're kind of trying to work through this privately. Um, But that, of course, prompted all the speculation. And As of June 29th, I know for a fact that she got on a plane and went to Minnesota and has not seen Garrett in person since. We are now in August. She was at the Palm Springs Resort. She was with her family in Minnesota. And Garrett has been at to friends' weddings. He's been with his family. They've obviously been commenting on each other's photos a bit, but it's been pretty separate. 
you know, being in a different state as your fiance in the middle of a relationship scandal is pretty telling. But we had no real confirmation until E! News from a source confirmed that they did indeed go their separate ways. That news broke on the anniversary of Becca and Garrett's finale airing, which was ironic. And that means she gets to keep the ring, if that's an upside, because if you stay together for two years, you get to keep your Neil Lane ring. It did throw a little bit of a wrench in it when they posted about this on Instagram and Becca commented, lol, interesting, quote unquote, source. I mean, if nothing else, the least you could do is spell the names correctly and consistently in your article. So some people took that as Becca denying it. I took that more as, I kind of thought she was shading Garrett and saying that Garrett maybe was her, was E! News's source. What did you think? I didn't see that as a denial. I kind of saw that she was kind of addressing it, but she also was throwing a little bit of shade at the website just because here it is. You can't even say on your own that your your relationship is over. Other people are reporting it and other people that claim to know you are talking about it. I just can't believe... Oh, I also like to say that when we did speak earlier in the year about the couples that we thought were going to break up in Bachelor Nation. I did say Becca and Garrett. Remember that? Yeah. Because I just haven't fully, I feel like they've kind of gone through a lot of bumps in the road. And we also never really got to see them that much. I know, remember Garrett had that other scandal from past tweets and they kind of got over that hump and everything. But, you know, it's tough. It's really tough being in the public eye with something like this, having everyone be speculating about your relationship being over It was also, I think, right before the news broke that they were officially done, we did see that Garrett deleted his highlight on Instagram of her, which is just such a crazy 21st century thing to me. Like, oh, no, you deleted a highlight of your relationship with someone. I mean, it's very telling, but it's also like, was that the first thing he thought to do? Like, oh, let me go on my Instagram and delete this highlight of our memories. Like, Also, are you trying to get, you do know that Bachelor Nation fans have like microscopes on and are detectives at all times. They're going to notice it. I just always am questioning so many decisions throughout these Bachelor Nation breakups, especially when, you know, the speculation is so high and it's almost very telling that it's already over. Yeah. Is deleting Instagram highlights like the new uh, archiving photos? Like, I don't understand why that was or marking yourself as single on Facebook the way it used to be back in the day right his way of broadcasting that it's ridiculous definitely has to have been messy behind closed doors only because they were apart like if they didn't even hash this out in person and you've been with someone for two years it's just wild to me like it's a wild world we live in I know I think that what happened was they you know got into a fight over all of this and everything that was happening and trying to figure out if their views lined up and if they could get past this. And she, they decided to take some time apart and then things spiraled to the point. Cause he, like I said, he posts on Instagram so much. Like I know everything this guy has done in the last month. And I know it hasn't been with Becca because he, he Instagram stories a lot and she posts a decent amount too. So if you really wanted everyone to like forget about you, you would stop posting not do things like delete your Instagram highlights or, you know, ignore all the comments on your posts that are asking you over and over again, if you're still together. And I think that maybe the reason they haven't like made their own statement yet was because they were still in limbo. And I don't know who E! News's source was. I'm inclined to believe them because her comment didn't say 
you're wrong. It just said nice source. So I think she was more shading, like trying to figure out who either Garrett or someone close to them, like who gave this information out because maybe they were still kind of working through the details, but it's, it's true. It's like the new modern day. I mean, on selling sunset, Christelle is getting texts that Justin Hartley's filing for divorce. Garrett is deleting Instagram highlights like burger from sex in the city's posted is looking pretty good right now. Cause at least it's pretty clear. Yeah. And also I have like a few questions. Like one of them is what is the purpose for keeping that Neil Lane ring? Like, do you think she's going to sell it or do you think it holds sentimental value to her? Like I've had some conversations with my friends about it this weekend. And that was one of the questions was like, okay, like granted the ring is worth a lot of money, but like, is that her reason for keeping it? Like, I mean, I don't know for sure she even is going to keep it. I just know that the rule is if you've been together for at least two years, Neil Lane and ABC don't ask for it back. Ali Fedotowski did tell me that, they were, her and Roberta were together for 18 months and they let her keep it because she was like really emotional at the time. And she was like, I just got, I just got, went through a breakup. I don't want to like give out my ring too. Like, and they were like, whatever, you can have it. Um, yeah. I don't know what she does with it now. It's probably just like in a jewelry box. I mean, I don't know. We'd have to, if I, next time I talk to Caitlin Bristow, I'm going to ask her what, what she did with it. Yes. And another thing I just have to say, and I, you know, I feel for Becca right now because she did come to the office and she was so nice, like such a genuine, nice person, friendly, you know, I can't help but feel like she dodged a bullet in terms of she's not going to have that last name. One, she's probably going to make typos forever. I have to literally Google it every time before we use it. I don't even know how to pronounce it. I don't know. I think Kufrin is just such like a uh, such a nicer, more fun last name than I'm not even going to say Garrett's last name because I, I honestly do not know how to say it. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I'm happy for both of them. If this is like, it sounds like they probably wouldn't have had a long lasting marriage if, you know, a podcast fight broke them up. I mean, this was very serious stuff that they were talking about. But if you're marrying someone, you should have kind of had these conversations or been more aware of where you stood with someone when it comes to political things or human rights or just general life, you know, opinions, you would think that they would have had this conversation. And like you said before, during when the season was airing, he got a lot of heat deservingly. So for liking offensive tweets and memes and his social media wasn't great. So whatever conversation they had, then you would think would tell her everything she needed to know about everything that transpired in 2020, about where he stood which was sort of Rachel Lindsay's point. Cause I know people were giving her some backlash for speaking out on something they didn't think was her place, but I kind of understand what she means. Cause one, Rachel and Becca have a podcast together. That's their job. And two, Garrett, if you people show them who you are, believe them. Like this is, shouldn't come as a huge shock. It's not like, you know, the most, well, it's not like Ben Higgins all of a sudden came out and said something overly offensive. Like we would never expect that right. from him. From Garrett, it was kind of like, Oh boy, Garrett's posting again. So, but at the same time, they were engaged in their relationship, you think would have been stronger than that. Like, how would they have ever gotten married if this is what broke up their engagement? Exactly. And it's pretty wild if you look at, you know, the posts of the comments on our post or the comments on the news's post, they're so split. And it's because of that politics and, you know, human rights got involved to the, in this. And I just can't help but feel for the both of them. This is just under a huge spotlight. And I already think that it's kind of people are worried about saying the wrong thing. And you just want to make sure that you're not offending anyone with what you're saying. 
And it's just crazy that, like you said, if this is what caused them to split, then I think that they probably were doomed in the long run. But I always feel for these bachelor people when it's their breakups are in the public eye because every single person, all the Karens, everyone has an opinion and you can't just get over it on your own. You have to have all the Karens in your ear 24-7 in your DMs and the comments saying everything about what went wrong and this and that. But I definitely think she's going to, Becca's going to have to eventually talk about it, maybe on the podcast or whatever. But I think it's pretty clear that we know really what caused this whole breakup in the first place. Yeah, I mean, I feel bad for them too. And I think people in their comments should calm down and maybe just talk to their friends about it like we are. I think that it's fine to be interested because there is something to be said for. We watched their whole love story. This is what this show does. Like, I don't think you should be able to not tell anyone. Like, that's ridiculous. Like, you should have to, you know, be like, yeah, we broke up, confirm it and move on. You don't have to address all the speculation. But at the same time, people need to check themselves and relax and not be attacking other people in their Instagram comment section. That's just ridiculous. Mm -hmm. Nick's ex, Vanessa, is also engaged. Just throwing that out there. That happened today. Happy for her. Nick is getting the Bachelor Greatest Seasons Ever treatment next week. So good timing for her fiance, Josh Wolf, to put a ring on it. Happy for them. Yeah, I just, we know that Nick will say something and it's always good. He always has something good to say, something buzzworthy. So, I mean, he's definitely going to weigh in. There's no way he can't because everyone, that's everyone's first. That was like one of my first thoughts when I saw that she was getting engaged. I was like, what's Nick doing right now? Obviously they're over and done with, but I mean, he was also engaged to her too. It is interesting timing just because we know Nick right now is, he launched a Patreon like paid podcast platform for him to talk to the contestants from his season. And they're like doing their own kind of version of a bachelor greatest seasons ever situation on there. And Vanessa, he talked to, and I think it was the first time they'd spoken since they're split. And now they're following each other on Instagram and the episode's not out yet. And I don't think it will be for a few weeks. So we won't get to see the tea they spilled and what they talked about, but wild timing that she's engaged now and is posting about it. Like, within a week of her ex-fiance following her on social media. It's just, it's just The Bachelor, right? That's how it works. Maybe, maybe it happened a few weeks ago and he knew about it already, or maybe it did just happen. Um, I, th- I think she dated it the weekend, so I guess it did just happen. But I just checked. He hasn't commented yet, but I'm sure it's coming. But, you know, happy for her. It's always interesting to see when and how quickly The Bachelor breakups, they move on and find their new significant other after their bachelor breakup, which leads me perfectly into Melissa, because in case you didn't know, after her split from Jason, she reconnected with her ex-boyfriend, Ty, and they got married like a year after all this, that her bachelor season aired. They've been married for going on 11 years this December and everything works out. So as crazy as it all seems in the moment, typically these bachelor people find a way of landing on their feet, usually with a nice check from a teeth whitening company or a slim tea to ease their pain. Yes. To ease the pain of their broken heart. So we will keep you posted as always on all these developing news stories. If anybody else shows up in Palm Springs, they will be on my Instagram story, but I think it's calmed down for now. And we can safely go back to 2009 and reminisce on season 13 of the bachelor with Melissa Rycroft. So here is that chat. So I have a very important question to start with. (laughs) Do you still wear scarves with tank tops? 
my gosh. Listen, this was 12 years ago. I was very on trend. <laughs> it was Naomi's, I remember. And I think we all wore that at least once throughout the show. So that could be a fun game for everybody to play. We kind of passed it around, tried to wear it differently. That dang scarf. I know. I know. <laughs> I feel like the scarf with the tank top, it's just so, there's a lot of trends that obviously are funny to laugh at, but that one just doesn't even make sense. Like, I tank top, and there was usually like a little newsboy hat with it. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Like I said, we were oddly on trend at the time, but looking back, you kind of hope it's one that doesn't come back. I don't know. Well, something that does come back is this season of The Bachelor. I feel like every couple years, whether it's something that happens on the show or Netflix, now this, this season like won't die. So how do you feel about that, Melissa? (laughs) Well, it was shocking having to completely relive it earlier. It was either what, earlier this year or last year when it came out on Netflix? I think just Um, January-ish. And that was weird because up until then it had kind of been buried, you know, and only kind of OG Bachelor fans really knew about it. And so it was weird because, of course, everybody's now coming back out and wanting to talk about it again. And the hard part for me is trying to convey to everybody that while you're just watching this now, this was 12 years ago in my life. You know, it's a relationship that ended 12 years ago. We've both moved on to better places. But yeah, for some reason, it's something people can't get over and can't seem to get enough of the story. I think it's because it was the first of its switch up drama kind. Like it was important at the time. And the phrase pulling a mesnick, I mean, it came from him. <laughs> I know it's, it's iconic. It really is. And this show, I don't, I guess social media, cause it seems bigger than ever somehow, even though it's been on forever. I know. I, and it is weird that most shows, once they reach about 10 years, they start to go downhill. And for some reason, The Bachelor like hit 10 and it just full steam ahead. So you said on, have you, I watched The Bachelor greatest ever screener situation and you said that you haven't watched it. Are you still not going to watch the shortened version? No, I'm not. No, I don't need to go back and watch my 23 year old self, you know, fall in love, (laughs) get dumped. It's just a story that I'm like, I was there. I saw it. I don't want to, and I don't need to see the fashion, the hair and the eyebrows and the tans. I mean, it was just all bad. (laughs) The tans were the other, the tans and the hair poofs. You had some hair poofs. We had, and you know what? That was before the bump it. Like that was all natural that we got that height. <laughs> I, I totally get not wanting to watch it now, but I can't imagine after everything that happened that you didn't want to go back and like see where the wheels fell off. No, because I don't think you could even see where the wheels fell off. You know, it's not like something happened and went wrong and, you know, he switched lanes. I mean, it, it literally, I think he... When he proposed to me, I've said this before, I think he genuinely did think that it was me. I don't think he did it to just do it. I think what happened, I had heard he had gotten Molly's number before we left New Zealand to kind of check on her, make sure that she was okay. Um, And they never quit talking. And so what happened when the cameras went down is that their bond grew stronger where ours didn't. And the problem was he didn't relay any of that information (laughs) to me, which is why what happened on the after the final rose happened and why I was so upset. But I think the unraveling was all off camera. It was, it was once we stopped filming. So how soon did you know after you left New Zealand that this might not end the way, how long did the fairy tale like fantasy get to last? (laughs) Cause if you think about it for me, it was really weird leaving my job, going coming home engaged, and then not being able to tell anybody. I was in a bubble. So 
I had had, well, at the time was the happiest time in my life, yet I had to come home and pretend it didn't happen, which psychologically almost makes you think it didn't really happen, I guess. It was pretend. And meanwhile, Jason and I were trying to have a long distance relationship. We were two hour time difference apart. He had gone back to work. I had gone back to work. And when the cameras are in front of you, you've got an hour. So we had so much to talk about. But when we had like 24 hours a day, we were like, I don't, I don't really know what to talk to you about anymore. I guess we're done. Peace. <laughs> so it was pretty evident that something had happened. I thought, to be honest, it was like, it's just the distance. You know, when we were together, everything was fine. So once this show is done airing and we can see each other again, you know, maybe that will bring back what was there, what we thought was there. We never got to that point, obviously. <laughs> and your parents didn't do the hometown date, no, right? Still the only parents in history that didn't do the hometown. And how did they feel about you going on the show? Oh, hated it. Absolutely hated it. I remember my dad telling me, he goes, you know, my coworkers are going to be watching this, unfortunately. And I was like, I know, but it, it was different then, you know, than, than now. And back then it was harder to explain to them why I was going, you know, they were like, this is a stupid reality show. You're not going to find the person. You didn't get fame out of it. That's not why you were going on the show then. Mm -hmm. It was just different, but yeah, they were terrified. I was going to embarrass them. The hot tub scenes were infamous back then. And they really did not want me in a hot tub scene, which I didn't, I didn't get in the hot tub. Okay. There you go. But it's just so funny because they didn't want you to do it or whatever. You did the show and then it ended up just blowing up to be an even bigger story that I was the finale was talked about more than any other finale. So it's just like spirals. I know, but I think if they could pick, they wouldn't want their daughter being known for being dumped on TV. I think it was just as hard for them to have to relive. Uh, not relive. They didn't live it the first time, but to live, you know, through that and see me actually yeah. get her. So going into that after the final rose, because it was the close set, which was also the only time they've ever done that. Why do you yeah. think that is? I had no clue. I, so I was going to the after the final rose, told we were moving production up. We moved it up like a month, but because of Bachelorette filming. And so it was just going to be us and some audio sound guys. It was, there were not a lot of people in there at all. I, maybe it was to keep it quiet because they knew what was about to happen and they didn't want anybody to know. I really have no clue. I, I know that those commercial breaks, filming that was the most awkward thing in the entire world because I'm looking at everybody going, you all knew exactly why we were coming here. <laughs> it was bad. It was bad. When you came out in that dress and you had the, you were like, I feel like you. Really quickly, that yes. stupid dress was not my dress. I showed up wearing, I don't know, I don't remember what it was, cute little shorts and an off the top or off the shoulder top. And their wardrobe guy was like, oh, no, 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 no. This scene is set like New York. So they put me in that shiny foil strapless mini dress. They put the ring on my finger and backstage they had me watch the engagement video, which I'd never seen before. I, it hadn't aired. So they got me all dolled up and all emotional and then I walked out on stage. But you looked great. Well, I mean, they made sure of that, didn't they? So when you got there that day, did you have any idea that like the Molly was involved in this? You probably knew your relationship maybe wasn't going to last very long, but did you have any idea like actually that he was about to tell you that he was going to try to pursue a relationship with Molly? No. So I obviously knew she was there. This was after the final run. Yeah. Where I did get confused was back then, I have no clue how it is now, but the runner up, goes first. The runner-up goes out on the stage first, has their closure, and the happy couple comes out and ends the show. Well, 
in our situation, they were like, yeah, Molly's, or you're going to go out and then Molly will come. And I was like, well, that's weird, isn't it? And like I said, they got me all dolled up. They had me watch that video. And I'll be honest, I knew things were not great. It's not like I was going to walk out on that stage and be like, oh, we are so in love. This relationship is perfect. Any of that. But I certainly did not expect him to do that on camera without any warning. I didn't expect to hear that he had been talking to her basically the whole time. And that's where I got really hurt because I'm going, those are things that as your fiance at the time, however you want to take that, because the relationship was weird. Technically though, I was your fiance and you owed me just a little bit of a heads up of just act surprised when I tell you this on stage, but as a human, I got to tell you behind the scenes, I'm going to say this, I'm going to do this. And then Molly's going to come out and we're going to ride off into the sunset. And I mean, when you did, obviously now they've been married for 10 years, you've been married for 10 years, everyone's good, life is good, no hard feelings. But in the moment, did, were you like, there's no way she's going to take him back? Because I would have been like, there's no way she's going to take him back. No, you know what? I didn't even think about it for some reason. It wasn't even in my mind of like, oh my God, are they going to get together? I was so, I was so angry, first of all, with the whole production. I was like, they all lied to me. They all got me here. They got me dressed up. I was furious with him for doing it to me. I didn't even have feelings towards Molly. Cause first of all, I'm like, it's not her fault. I mean, yeah. if he contacted her, she's allowed to talk to him and she can't help if he wants to be with her. So there wasn't any of that. And I'll be honest, I was so angry at the time. I didn't even think about what was happening on that stage as I was riding off in the limo, <laughs> like whether they were getting together, she was yelling at him or kissing him. I had no clue. And I, I didn't really care, I guess. Yeah. I mean, that also showed that you were, you were done. You were over it. <laughs> I'm so mad. I was, I don't know if I've ever been that mad before and embarrassed and the camera's just right in my face. And I'm like, please just get the camera away. Um, it's also so funny though, because with Ari and Becca and Lauren, and then with Peter, even more recently, we've had some male leads struggle with making that decision. Why do you think that? Well, because they're men, <laughs> they're guys. I mean, they, they short-term think with one thing. And then when the long-term comes, they're like, Oh, wait a minute. I should have gone. I think being the bachelor, I mean, it's exciting for these guys. Think about it. These women are, what man does not want women fighting over them and they can get the pick of anybody that they want. So sometimes maybe they pick the lusty one and then they're like, wait a minute. Okay. Yeah. You you were hot. This is not what I had. You know what I mean? Like I need the direction or there's just too many options. They don't know how to make up their mind. I don't know. Like I said, they're boys. The girls are so much better at this. (laughs) Well, which is wild now that we're hearing all this crazy Claire stuff because she's so confident in two weeks who she knows, but we're having the opposite problem with the men. And it's, I don't know how I even feel about the Claire thing. Did you hear about all that? I'm sure you did. Of course I heard all about it. Yeah. And would you expect it from anybody other than Claire? I mean, (laughs) I don't think anybody's doubting it because it's Claire. Right. That's what my interaction was. She got engaged on winter games. Homegirl is not afraid of this. No, she's not. (laughs) But it's also an interesting concept because it's like, technically the producers are supposed to be picking men for Claire. And now it's like, okay, so Tasha's just magically going to have the same taste, which I don't know how much they actually pick for the person, but... I don't either. I'll be honest. When I went through casting, they never asked me if I liked Jason, if I was into Jason, if I don't even think it was known it was him at the time, but they didn't ask if I, if there were any old bachelors that I liked. So at least back then they didn't specifically cast to see if we were interested (laughs) in him. Maybe they were just casting what he wanted. Yeah. Do do you ever have people reach out to you like a Hannah Ann or a Becca when like a big 
thing happens. I saw Hannah Ann called you her inspiration when after her after the final rose aired on Instagram. It's <laughs> just so weird. No, but I don't think they know who I am. I mean, let's be honest. They were like 10, right? <laughs> but if they're in Bachelor Nation, they know. I don't know. I have no idea. No, I have not. I haven't heard from, from any of them, but I, I, they're going to be fine. They're young. They're hot. They're going to be <laughs> fine. What is your most vivid fun memory from your time in Bachelor filming? So uh, first of all, our girls were awesome. Like they cast like genuine people back then. And so we had so much fun, but Jillian and I, we were 24, 25. And we woke up before everybody else in the house. And so we would always go make coffee in that beautiful Agora Hills house. We'd go outside and sit on the mansion and like overlook the hills and just sit and talk. And I remember those being some of my favorite moments of like, whatever comes out of this experience this is so worth it, you know, getting to meet these people. But I vividly remember just sitting out and drinking coffee with her in the back, you know, like an hour before everybody else woke up. What a sweet, wholesome memory from The Bachelor. <laughs> I know, there's not many of those, right? <laughs> yes, and it's so funny because also with the, with the women especially, and the guys become friends too, but I really feel like there's a lot of times there is this big bond from after the show, but you would just imagine there would be a lot more, I guess, awkwardness or drama with dating the same guy but it seems to do the opposite it seems to bring you guys together it is really really weird because I remember after we finished filming and came back home obviously we were not supposed to talk to anybody um there was no social media back then right now they kind of they want them on social we had to delete all of ours and so we were secretly texting each other like oh I miss you Jill oh Naomi I miss you and I remember Jill and I were definitely the closest and there wasn't a part of me going, oh my God, you made out with my fiance. Like you were in love with him and he was conflicted over you. And um, it's weird how you can compartmentalize that part of your friendship and relationship. I, I think know. it's a cool part of the show though. I guess so. It's weird though. I mean, what the, as I'm talking, I'm like, it's this weird. Because if, if, if I knew how many girls had made out with Ty before I married him, I, we wouldn't be BFFs. I don't know. <laughs> Are you still close with Jillian or any of the other girls or not close? Catch up on Instagram, any of that? I mean, a little bit on social media. I am really sad. Well, I'm happy that our show aired when it did and I didn't have social media. But the part that makes me sad is that we didn't really have a way to keep in touch back then. You know, I mean, we yeah. had phone numbers, but once you got busy, you kind of lost touch, but I don't think any of us have any hard feelings, bad feelings. And like I said, every once in a while, I'll reach out to Jill online, but Erica was at my wedding. Yeah. I mean, it was, they're a really good, I've heard people say they watched our season and it was a little boring. And I'm like, that is the best compliment that you could ever give us is that our dates were boring. <laughs> the house was boring because <laughs> we were just being normal and, and having fun. I will say I watched the whole thing on Netflix when it first came out a while back and I was not bored because of the tans, but I was like, oh, these relationships, I genuinely buy a lot of them. Like it seemed much more, you know, the there for love. I actually was like, I don't know if I'm delusional, but I'm really buying that all of these women and even Jason kind of like are taking this very seriously. Well, like I said, it was a different time back then because now you get Insta famous, you know, and that's a lot of the reason people like to do this. It changes the way people act on the show. You know, they want to be somebody memorable. They want to be a character, if you will. And, you know, 11, 12 years ago, we didn't have that. Nobody came into the franchise and came out of it famous on the other end. You know, even the bachelor or bachelorette themselves had their 15 minutes, but once they moved on to the next person, and that's why you don't know a lot of the older people, it just didn't happen. And so we went on 
very organically. Now I didn't go on going, Oh my God, he is it. And we are going to fall madly in love. I went going, I'm in a rut. You know, I've got this terrible breakup. I can't get over. I hate my job. I just quit cheerleading. Like I need a change of scenery and why not? What a great opportunity. And then as things progressed, I was like, well, here you go. This is exactly why I had to come. But yeah, it was definitely not as crazy. We, we walked out of the limo. I know that's shocking. Nobody had props. We didn't do cartwheels. We walked. <laughs> I know. I feel like now they would have made you like wear your cheerleading oh uniform or something. I feel like people call us boring. Like, yeah, people are riding up on horses now. We literally just unfolded ourselves from the back seat. <laughs> it's so funny. How long after you and Jason broke up were you back with Ty? And did he watch the show? Well, he made the mistake of watching the first episode because he thought, I'll be safe. Nothing can happen in the first episode. But the problem is all his friends watched it. And so every Monday, his friends watched it. And by Tuesday, he was somehow mad at me. Like we were always (laughs) in a fight because they're all texting. She said this and she did this and she and I'm like, oh, my God, y'all just stop. I have always said the relationship that Ty and I have that we were able to go through the airing of all of that and the aftermath and make it. And the same for Jason and Molly, because it was 10 times harder for them to go through that, I think is a testament to the relationships that we ended up in, you know, and I think it's an important way of showing everybody we really are fine. And I know people are going to going to watch this show tonight and get so angry. And I'm like, listen, it, we are so okay. We, and we are right where we were supposed to be. If Jason and I got married, it would have been the biggest blow up ever. Like it would have been terrible. We are not supposed to be together. (laughs) You know, what's so funny about the bachelor though, is a lot of times they don't, they, they, it does blow up before they make it down the aisle, which I guess is a good thing because we don't need, you know, a bunch of divorces running around all the time. Whereas on other reality shows, now it's like you get married at at the altar when you meet the first, the first time. So at least the bachelor has that going for him. We don't have as much divorce. That is true. Has there been divorce? One Bachelor in Paradise couple. That's oh, that's it. oh, but they lasted like six months. That's yeah. not even yeah. The engagement was longer than the wedding. Yeah, yeah. you're right. Okay. Yeah, I <laughs> I mean it is good that, that it breaks up before the wedding. I would I would hope <laughs> That's a pro. Um, but you guys went on to do some more reality. You had a show, you've been on Dancing with the Stars twice, you've done some hosting for CMT. What was your favorite? Oh, it's hard to say what my favorite is because they're all so different. You know, I was super fortunate, you know, in um, being kind of one of the first people from this franchise to be given these opportunities. Mm -hmm. And the reason I say I cannot regret the way everything happened on the stage is I wouldn't have done any of it if it hadn't happened, you know, and the timing of it was perfect for me to go on dancing with, you know, if dancing with the stars had been a month later, it wouldn't have been an opportunity presented to me. And so it's so weird. I'm very thankful though for all of it, but I think dancing with the stars is probably the most fun because it was something I know who would ever think ever. And like 10 years ago, this was not anything. I didn't even know who the dancers were. I mean, yeah, it was, it was amazing though. And it was fun and, and it changed my life. So, and you got to do it twice. Yeah, I got to do it twice and I won. <laughs> that is pretty cool. I can't lie. And then even with the show you guys did, how was that on marriage? <laughs> it was fine on the marriage. It had nothing, no bad. I know everybody is always like, there's a curse when it comes to reality TV. I'll be honest, I just hated doing it. <laughs> I It was, the days were so long and you go so far over production and the reshoots, you're shooting a scene like five times. And I just went, I don't know if I can do this kind of reality TV again. Mm-hmm. I've done a lot of it, yeah. but the docu-series is 
it's harder than it sounds. I mean, it sounds easy. They just follow you around, but I don't know if I would ever do another docu-series. Have the kids seen the docu-series? Oh, the docu-series. Ava has seen some of it. She thinks okay. it's hilarious because she's in it. Uh, I thought you were going to say The Bachelor. I was like, <laughs> absolutely not. I need this thing to get off of Netflix here in the next year so that they don't find it. No. But The Bachelor just keeps getting more popular. So you're going to be really cool in like 10 years when your daughter's friends are watching the new one and you're going to be like, listen. Not. I don't ever want her to see me. I want her to be so much stronger than I was. <laughs> um, and yeah, just better than I was. But they're good lessons at the same time. I mean, I haven't, there's nothing I'm embarrassed about, but I don't know. Some things she doesn't need to see. Well, it did also feel like just going back to Dancing with the Stars really fast that it was like the whole world was kind of rallying around you and because everyone was so mad at Jason and then we didn't have social media, but it was like the real life version of that almost. Did it feel like the world was kind of cheering you on? Yeah. So that was the first time on Dancing with the Stars was a really surreal experience for me because I remember them calling on Friday and the show was going live Monday. So they said, you can come out and you have the weekend. And I was so because there was no social media, there was no, I didn't know how the audience felt about me, if that makes any sense. Whereas now everybody knows you get DMS, you get contacted. I had no idea, you know, other than my friends around me, I didn't know what the world thought. I didn't watch the after the final rose. So I didn't know if I looked like the villain, if I looked stupid and if people would be mad at me and be rooting for their hero, you know, the bachelor. So when I first stepped foot out on that dancing of the star stage and it was live and everybody stood up and I mean, the crowd went crazy. It was a moment that still kind of gives me goosebumps and brought tears to my eyes. And I was like, Oh my God. And that was the first time I really felt people around me, you know, and yeah. obviously probably more women than anything because we've all been there. And, and anytime you see somebody go through that, you can relate it to an experience that you went through and you want to see them pick themselves up. And so everybody got to see me pick myself up. And I think that's why dancing was so successful is because they got to see that. They got to see the down and then they got to see the rise back up. Yeah. You only had three days to learn your first dance. I did. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds well, I know. I just, I didn't know what I was getting into. If I knew now, if they called me now and said, you're going on Dancing with the Stars in two days, I'd be like, nope, I'm not in shape. I can't learn to dance. I don't know. Um, I had no clue what I was getting myself into, which is kind of why I think it was successful too. You know, it was just like blindly going into it and being naive and not, not knowing the entertainment world at all. That just um, seems so hard. <laughs> it wasn't easy. It, but you know what? It's more mental. It's more of a mind game. And, and once you start to like, mentally psych yourself out and get too into it is kind of when you lose your footing a little bit. Well, before I let you go, how has your quarantine been? How has the three children in, in a house nonstop? <laughs> Locked in my office right now. That's my own quiet place. Um, you know, we are dealing with it as best we can, like everybody else. It was, it was like when this first happened, I went, oh, it's just an extra week off of school which has now turned into four months, which now who knows when we'll go back. But there was definitely a dark time, which was about a month into it, where we were all in bad moods. We were stressed, we were tired. And then it's like the change of attitude came of like, this is now our normal and we cannot change it. So we need to change our attitudes about it. And we all just started doing fun activities around the house and swimming outside and really enjoying each other more and doing, I think what you should be doing in this quarantine. And it's, I'm going to say it's not so bad anymore. Now there were, like I said, there was, there were the dark ages there a month mm -hmm. into this thing. I didn't think we were going to make it, 
but we're okay. I mean, yeah, we all irritate each other on a daily basis. There's a lot of us in the house, but yeah, we're, we're surviving. We'll be all right. The pool must help. You have a pool? Yes, we do. The pool does help. Good two hours every day. I can chunk them outside. I can go, you know, read a book out there with them and occupy some time. Definitely. So what do they know of mom being on TV? Um, Ava knows now because I work with the Dallas Cowboys cheerleaders on CMT. We're actually doing that right now. Oh, really? From yeah. home? Well, I did it from home. I'm going to the stadium uh, later. Yeah. Oh, so Ava, like last year, Ava went to a couple of the shoots with me and she got to see the girls because it's really cool for her. Yeah. Like that's, that's her age group. You know, I'll let her watch that show and she thinks it's fun. The boys are absolutely clueless. They have no idea. Beckett... Where was he? He was somewhere a while ago and he came home and he goes, yeah, so-and-so's mom said he knows your podcast, mom. It's like, oh, no, thank you. <laughs> oh my God. Oh, but no, they're, they're pretty clueless. Tell me about the podcast. You guys have been doing it for a while now, right? Uh, probably a year and a half. Yeah. And it's just, it's me and my husband, which has been really therapeutic during this time, might I say, because sometimes we have things we need to bicker about and I'll just hold it in until we're on the podcast and then let it out. But yeah, it's um, called Logically Irrational because we think of things completely different. And we just always thought it was fun at night when we would recap our days, you know, pop culture and all of that and how he can be so black and white and I am so in color and all over the place. And we just kind of thought it was fun and relatable. So we kind of talk everything on the podcast, but we go at it from two different angles. So that is, that is really fun. Does he, with the bachelor stuff, when it comes back up like this, does he just like laugh too? Or is he just like, I can't believe they were going to be, you know, this is all going to be in the headlines again. <laughs> I mean, we both kind of wish you could tuck it back. I mean, it is weird. We'll be watching TV, like watching something on ABC. And then that infamous clip will come up the bastard clip. And he's like, oh, well, there's your ex-fiance. And I'm like, oh, this is so weird. This is so surreal. Yeah, I'm sure if he had his way, it would go away. But it's at the same time, I don't think that we'd be together if it hadn't happened. So he's, he's got to have that deep down too. Yeah, for sure. I think I cut you off before. How long were you, when did you guys start talking again after the show? Well, Ty tried to call me like right as I got back in the country, like from filming, he wow. was calling and you know he made a mistake right away. I guess so. But I, yeah, I didn't believe it. I mean, I was like, whatever. And not only that, I am engaged and I am happy and you are a tool bag and I want to be with you. And there was probably two weeks, three weeks that we were home before we filmed the after the final row. There wasn't a lot of time. And then I just started talking to him again as a friend. I don't know, maybe three, four weeks after that, we officially got back together under the stipulation that I said this time it's for good, you know? He was a, a hard relationship to get over, which is why I even went on the show. And I had just gone through everything with Jason. And I was like, I don't know if emotionally I'm prepared to really get into a relationship again. But it was with Ty, you know, it was the guy that I had wanted to be with before all of this happened. Um, and I think having the show air, we weren't really allowed to see each other, you know, so we just got to talk and focus on our friendship and I think that's what made the relationship the second time around that much stronger. That is, it is like a full, it's like putting a bow on this like wild, like year of your life. I feel like that ending everything. So what way it was supposed to do? It was, yeah. I mean, 2008 for me was strange. I left, filmed a reality show. I got engaged. I got dumped. And then come 2009, I got in a new relationship. I'm engaged. And by the end of 2009, I was married. <laughs> that is honestly like, 
I love it. <laughs> and thankfully it worked out. I mean, <laughs> yes, for Very sure. 11 years this year. So that is amazing. Well, thank you so much for taking time to speak with me. I just like, I think this season is one of the like most fun to look with all everything. And I know you probably don't feel the same way, but tonight, if this goat show can get over with, I'm so happy to get it over with. I'm not, I will not be watching. Everybody keeps asking. I'm not going to watch it. I can't believe you can't. We won't watch. Not that you should want to, but like, I just would be so curious. No, I'm I'm curious to what though? I'm like, I already know. I don't know. I mean, I would like to, maybe I can watch like the very first rose ceremony, not rose ceremony, but getting out of the limos. Cause I would like Mm -hmm. to see everybody's faces again and see what we all looked like. 11 years ago, the satin, there's probably a lot of satin dresses. Yeah, satin. satin poofs. If you watch the first half and then just cut it off when they start talking about like the serious relationships. Yeah, no, I don't need to see that. I don't want to see that at all. <laughs> but it's also like how, when the Bachelor Goat thing was coming out, you had to know like, oh, they're going to pick Jason's season. I would have if it hadn't come out on Netflix. Honestly, I thought I was in the clear coming out on ABC. So I'm like, they just put the show out on Netflix. Why would they duplicated and put it out on ABC. And then two weeks into the show airing, I get a call from production going, Hey, guess what? Your season's airing. I was like, Oh my God, I can't get away from it. But that phone call, is it like a heads up or is it like a question? Like, are you Um, good with this? Or is it like turn off your TV in August? It was probably both. They were, they were nicely letting me know. I didn't know anything about Netflix. I had people DMing me that it was on Netflix. I mean, I, it's not like I'm in contact with the franchise. Yeah. Um, and so they reached out, told me about it, but then they wanted to interview me too. So it was kind of a, a two-parter by all means. Had I said, I'm not okay with it. You can't air it. I have no authority. To say that. <laughs> so they don't really care whether I'm okay with it or not. I think it's their yeah. footage. So funny. Well, it's, it's wild that they can even do a 10 week show re-airing things that aired so long ago and have people watch it. So I know. It's a wild show. I know. Well, enjoy yourself tonight. I'll be, Thank you. <laughs> I'll be having a glass of wine and not watching it. <laughs> Thank you, everyone, for tuning in to another episode of Here for the Right Reasons. Thank you to Melissa. Thank you to Kelly. And be sure to come back next week for whatever else is going down in Bachelor Nation.